Church. And this morning we're going to be talking about the bridge of forgiveness. The bridge of forgiveness. Now, uh, obviously this is in your notes. We've talked about this every week. But again, we want to make sure that we understand a bridge is constructed to overcome an obstacle in your path from where you are to your destination. God wants to to help us to get to where he wants us to be. And at times, for that to take place, there's things that get in our way. There's things that cause issues and problems and keep us from getting there. And one of the biggest ones that I found in my life and in the life of Christians, really, is the idea of unforgiveness. Now, you would think we'd be good at this because we have been forgiven so much, but we are usually not always that good. And one of the ones that really causes us problems is this this one. And we're going to kind of talk about why that is as we get into the message this morning. But before we do really get into it, I'd like to just start us off and pray. Father, we love you and I need you and I, I need your help, God, to share the words that you've placed on my heart. I need your help to, to be able to, to share those words in a way that is, that is clear, that is concise, and that, Father, that changes our hearts. God, we need your Holy Spirit to come in and to illuminate our hearts and, and really get down to the nitty-gritty into those places maybe that we've, we've kind of hidden stuff or put stuff away that, that we, we think no one knows about. God, we need you to come. We need through your Holy Spirit for you to reveal those things so that we can see this and then we can get healing from them. God, you don't bring things up just to to do it or just just because you're bored. You want to bring freedom. You want to bring healing. You want to do those types of things in our hearts. And so we're going to ask you to come and do those things. So again, Father, help us to open our hearts to what you have to share with us this morning. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we really get into the meat of the message, I'd like to kind of look at what type of bridge is the bridge of forgiveness, okay? What type of bridge? Because we've been talking about bridges, and I don't know maybe where your head has been going during this series. I don't know if you've got this little footbridge in your mind, or you've got maybe the Golden Gate Bridge, or you've got some type of big bridge. But there's a specific type of bridge that you need to have when it comes to having a bridge of forgiveness. And I put a picture of one up on the screen. So if you want to throw that picture up there, this is the type of bridge that I imagine when I talk about the bridge of forgiveness. This is the type of bridge I want you to think of when you think about this bridge. And this is simply a drawbridge. This is a bridge that I believe, I think, has many names. I I always look at this and I say this is London Bridge. I don't know exactly if that's the official name or that's the touristy name. I don't know. But I call it London Bridge. And this is obviously a bridge in London. And and a drawbridge is quite simple. A drawbridge is something that raises up in some type of way to allow things to pass through it. Okay, It allows things to pass through it. Now, I think one of the things that we have to understand is that we are going to find uh, things that happen in our lives. People are going to hurt us. People are going to do things. Situations are going to be hard. And and we're going to have to have a drawbridge of forgiveness. We're going to have to be able to raise that up and let things pass through. Now, here's the thing. If this wasn't a drawbridge, if this did not uh, work properly or if it was broken... What would tend to happen on the river? Things couldn't get through. Things would get stuck. Things would come in and get stuck on the bridge, and there would be eventually completely nothing would be able to get through. 
Okay? Here's the thing you need to understand about this. You are going to be hurt. People are going to do hurtful things. People that are broken do broken things. And none of us are perfect. And we're all going to do things to each other and to other people. And people are going to do things to us that hurt and that become difficult. Okay? And what we have to have the ability to do is forgive so that we can open that bridge up and begin to allow things to pass through so that we can move on and continue on to the journey that God has for us. Us to go. Remember, these bridges are there so that we can get to where God wants us to be. And one of the things I find hinders that journey so much is unforgiveness. Is, is having a life that basically says, you hurt me, I refuse to forgive. I want you to look at your notes because I think this is an important thing that we look at. Okay, and I wrote this out so we'd have this. It says, the bridge of forgiveness is a drawbridge. We need a drawbridge to allow things to pass through so we aren't blocking the destiny God has for our lives. Forgiveness keeps me moving towards my destiny. Okay, one of the things that we have to understand here is, is, is we have to understand how the enemy attacks. Okay, we've talked about this before. We've looked at things like this before. It's wise to try to have an idea of how the enemy is going to attack us so that we know how to counter that. And one of the things that you need to understand is the enemy cannot take your destiny. The enemy cannot take your calling. He can't take your talents. He can't take those types of things. And so the enemy's smart. He doesn't just sit there and go, well, I can't do this. I can't, I can't take away those types of things for them. What should I do? I guess I won't do anything. He begins to think of other ways, and one of the ways he does this is through offense and through hurt and through a lack of forgiveness. He sits there and goes, listen, I can't keep them, but I can distract them. I can take their focus away. And here's the thing. When you begin to harbor unforgiveness, when you begin to hold on to those things, you refuse to move forward and into the destiny God has for you to do because you're too busy looking back on what people have done to you and how you've been hurt. Do you understand that concept? Do you understand how if you are continually looking back, you're going to eventually not get to where you're going? You have to be able to focus forward. You have to, and so the enemy understands that and he knows those things. And so he begins to send things and bring situations and use, unfortunately, sometimes people to hurt us and to keep our focus off of what God wants to do in us. That destiny, he wants to rob you of that. He wants you to keep you from experiencing that. He wants you to have a situation where instead of moving towards where God wants you to do, or, or to what you want you, you to do, and to, to accomplish those things, he wants you to stop and sit there and go, oh, woe is me, oh, I can't believe they did this, oh, they're horrible, terrible people, and instead we stop and our bridge starts getting blocked and blocked and blocked and nothing can get through. And it's something that we need to understand. Look at Ephesians 6. In Ephesians 6, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And he makes some interesting things. Because we need to understand this. This is sometimes hard to understand. Because we tend to look at people and what they've done and things like that. But we need to understand who our enemy is. And how he's trying to remove our focus from the destiny that God has for this. And this is what he says. And a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies 
of the devil. I think sometimes we forget that. That the enemy has strategies. He's not throwing darts at the wall and seeing what sticks for your life. He is literally sitting there and he's planning. He's going, how can I do this? How can I ruin this? How can I destroy this? How can I kill this? How can I steal this? He's, he's on the prowl trying to figure out ways to keep you from accomplishing what God has for you. Strategies. For we are not fighting. And I think it's important that we realize this. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Listen, that person that hurt you isn't your enemy. You may think he is or she is. You may look at it that way. But we're not wrestling against those types of people. We're wrestling against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world. Excuse me. And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Okay? Remember, this series is about allowing God to build bridges in our life to get us where we need to be. One of the things we have to understand about unforgiveness is it keeps us from accomplishing the destiny that God has for us. It keeps us from doing that. It keeps us from getting there. And we need to understand who the enemy truly is, okay? So let's look at this. Let's look at how Jesus teaches us about the bridge of forgiveness. Obviously, Jesus would know a lot about this. If there's anybody in this world who has been hurt over and over and over and over again, it's Jesus. And so he is a wonderful model for us to look at. And we're going to look at Matthew 6. Now, in Matthew 6, we talked about it over the summer. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is one of Jesus' most, most famous messages, one of his most famous sermons. It's one that we quote, we know. And, and, and in it, we find some, some understanding of forgiveness and unforgiveness. And we kind of find it in a very interesting place. Okay? So we're going to look at chapter 6, starting with verse number 9. And Jesus here is, is teaching how to pray which you would think would be a strange place to find an understanding of forgiveness and unforgiveness. But Jesus here is using this to help us understand a couple things. So this is what he says. He says, this then is how you should pray. Now, before we get into this, we need to explain a couple of things. Okay? Jesus here is not telling you what to pray. Jesus is telling us how to pray. Now, a lot of us, and there's nothing wrong with this, please don't misunderstand me here, have memorized this portion of Scripture. Okay? Jesus here is not saying that every time you should pray, you should just repeat these words. He's giving us a model. He's giving us an understanding. This is what your prayer should encompass. This is what it should have in it. This is, this is the model that we should use, okay? And the other thing we need to understand, this is a daily prayer. This is something he's saying, listen, this is something we should pray all the time. This should always be on our lips and stuff. So it's not a situation where Jesus is saying, this is what you should pray. You should regurgitate these exact words. But what he's saying, basically, is we should have this a part of our prayer life on a daily basis. Okay? So he's not saying what you should pray. He's saying this is how you should pray. Okay? So this is what he says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's continue on with verse number 11. Now, this is where we're going to kind of get into some of the area that we're going to be talking about this morning. It says this, give us today our daily bread. 
Okay, let's stop there and let's understand how Jesus has now shifted slightly from the model and explaining to us how to pray. He started off by basically worshiping God. Hallowed God, you are so good, you are so great, you're so awesome. He's then moved on to a desire for God's kingdom and God's will to be accomplished, not just in his life, but in the life of our world and our community. Now Jesus has moved on to something very interesting. He's basically said, give us today our daily bread. Now what is Jesus saying here? What is he trying to communicate? Something very simple. He's trying to, at this point, in a very short amount of words, which is awesome because Jesus does a great job of that, he's basically now moving on to our daily needs. Okay? we got to have bread to survive. we got to have that nourishment. And so basically, in a very short amount of words, he's basically saying, God, I need your help to get all the things that I need to survive. Bread is, is basically this concept of, of needed for survival. I need it every day, every single day. God, I need sustenance. I need help. I need food to survive. And so he moves on to basically that concept. And so this is where he is as he moves into his next understanding. And as soon as he goes from this, he moves into forgiveness. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, remember what this prayer is and remember what God has communicated or Jesus has communicated through this. This is a daily prayer. What is Jesus saying here? What is he trying to get us to understand about forgiveness? Forgiveness, giving it and receiving it is a daily decision. It is a daily thing that we have to be willing to do. We have to be able to look at our Father and ask for it Have us receive it, but also extend it to others. Okay? Now, remember, we've talked about this before. Everything God does, everything Jesus does, has an order to it and a rhythm to it and a a place for it. Because listen to what he says next. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want you to see something with me very closely and very important here. Okay? Remember the order. Jesus starts with this understanding of a daily situation. I need this every day. And then he moves on to, I need forgiveness. I need to extend forgiveness. And then he finishes this little section with this understanding of deliverance from an evil one. Okay? There's a reason why he started with forgiveness and extending forgiveness before deliverance. You don't have to be delivered from something, okay... If you are already, you know, if you are basically in a situation, let's see, let's this way to put this. I want to make sure I communicate this correctly. Let's put it this way. Looking at this, okay, if you want to be delivered from the evil one, it starts with forgiveness, okay? If you desire that, it has to start with this understanding, God, I need your forgiveness, and I need to extend forgiveness, okay? So we get this order here. This begins to flow. Let's continue now with verse number 14. For if you forgive other people, so he goes back now. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, that would be awesome if that's where we could just stop. But there is a verse 15 that we really have to look at here. And this is uncomfortable, and I understand that. But this is what God's word says. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not 
forgive your sins. That's tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like, oh, yeah. That That is a very strong statement here, guys. That is an extremely strong statement. And what is Jesus really looking at us here? What is he telling us? He's really looking at us and saying, look, you have been, and he, and he tells parables. We could have used parables in, in this, but I, I wanted to use like a little different idea here as we look at how he teaches on, on prayer, but also on forgiveness. He's wanting us to understand how important this is. How it will affect everything if we harbor this stuff. This is stuff that will block everything if we allow it to. And we can't allow it to happen. And listen, I understand. You, but Aaron, you don't know. And you don't, you don't know what happened. And you, don't, and you know what? I understand that. But listen, if you want to have the full, amazing life that God has promised us, that God is offering us, we cannot experience it to the fullness if we have unforgiveness in our hearts. Okay? We've got to have a drawbridge. We've got to be able to, when those things come, to open up and let them pass through. Because quite honestly, we have too much to do. We have too many things that God wants us to accomplish to allow unforgiveness to harbor in our hearts and keep us from experiencing what God has for us. Let's move on to number three. Let's see how Jesus models the bridge of forgiveness, okay? Let's see how he models it. Now, obviously, we, most of us know this, but Jesus is betrayed. He is, he, is, he is treated poorly by people, people that know him. There is a portion of scripture where it even shows that his own family wants to basically go, and they think he's a little on the nut side, and they're kind of going to him. They're like, um, we need to kind of get Jesus and kind of get him into a nice room with nice padded walls and a nice special jacket, if you know what I I mean, okay? They're they're very concerned. Jesus has been hurt. He's been betrayed. He's been let down. He's been, the people that he thought he could trust are the ones that kissed him on the cheek, that got him arrested and all these sort of things and and gets him put on a cross to be killed and crucified. And basically, let's see where he's at in Luke chapter 23, starting with verse 33. It says this. It says, when they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross And the criminals were also uh, crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Now look, just so we just cover this to begin with, because I know how sometimes we think. We go, yeah, Aaron, but that was Jesus. That was Jesus. I'm not Jesus. And I totally understand that. But the same spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead dwells in us. Jesus says that we would be able to do even greater things than he. Listen, that excuse that says that's Jesus, I'm not, doesn't hold water here. Jesus here is in pain. He's hurting. He's been betrayed. He's been hurt in every way, physically, emotionally. And he is dying on the cross. And what does he model for us? Forgiveness. He models forgiveness. He shows this idea of forgiveness. And we're going to look at some of the things that we can see through this. Because I think we can learn some things 
from Jesus, from his life, and even from this story. And number one, these are in your notes. You don't have to wait for an apology to forgive. You don't have to wait for an apology to forgive. Do you understand that? Okay, a lot of people, that's what I will forgive when that person says they're sorry for what they did to me. Listen, sometimes you're going to be waiting your whole life. Jesus, thankfully, thankfully didn't wait for you and me to come to him and say, you know what, Jesus, I just realized something. I've really messed up. I've rebelled against you. I've, I've done the things you told me not to do. I've, I've, I've rejected you in so many different ways. Jesus, I am so sorry. And in that moment, Jesus goes, well, finally, now I can forgive you. Finally, now I can go to the cross and take care of that. Jesus doesn't wait. He loves us first. Jesus' example to us is saying, hey, listen, you don't have to wait for an apology to forgive. Because here's the thing, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes people don't even know. That may be hard for some of us to swallow, but there's been times where literally people have come up to me and said to me, just, you, Pastor Aaron, I just want you to know I forgive you. And I'm like, wonderful, that's great. Why? Why? Well, you know, a couple years ago, you were, in the, you were walking down the hall and, and you didn't say hi to me. And that really hurt me. And I just felt like, and so I just wanted to let you know that last Sunday, I forgave you. Oh, hallelujah. Well, great. Now, did I set out to, be, to hurt the person? No. Did I try to hurt the person? No. Did I even have an any? I, I was totally ignorant. You know, and please, if, if I'm walking around on a Saturday, a Saturday on a Sunday morning, and, and I don't say hi to you, please know that I don't, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm probably, my mind's probably a, a million miles away. And it shouldn't be. It should be right here with you. But sometimes it is. And, and I'm sorry, but, but, you know, those are the types of things that have happened. I've seen these things happen. I've counseled people, and they oh, this happened and that happened. And I say, do, you, do these people even know? And they're like, I don't know. But until they say they're sorry, I won't forgive. Jesus' model for us is to be willing to say, you know what? I can forgive without an apology. I can let go. I can open those, those, those gates and let the thing fall through. Number two, weakness, forgiveness is not for the weak. It is for the strong. We have got this idea in our world, in our culture, that says to forgive is a sign of weakness. And it's not. Okay? Jesus here is showing that it is not the weak that forgive. It is the strong that forgive. And you need to be able to, to, to remove that mindset out of our, 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 our vocabulary and out of our heads. Because forgiveness is for the strong. Next, and this is a good one. This is important. Forgiveness brings dead things back to life. Forgiveness brings dead things back to to life. It, it fixes relationships. It fixes marriages. It fixes callings. It brings these things that have been dead and it begins to bring life to them. Okay? Jesus loves to bring life to dead things and forgiveness 
does that. We were dead in our sin. We were headed away from God. And because of the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that was extended to us, we have life and life to the full. We have an unbelievable experience with God because of the forgiveness and the grace that we have received from him. When we extend that grace, when we allow that forgiveness to flow out of us and onto others, dead things become alive again. Dead things become, you say, well, Aaron, that that relationship's been been dead for 20 years. You know what? If God can take a dead man and speak into his life and have him come to life, he can bring relationships and callings and marriages and relationships with kids. He can bring them back to life again, too. He's that big. He's that strong. And the final one is forgiveness keeps us moving forward towards God's destiny for our lives. Think about this for a second. Okay, think about before the crucifixion. Okay, Jesus is in the garden, isn't he? He's in the garden and he's praying and he's, he's going through this, this moment and he's, he's really kind of, he's really battling, oh God, I, this isn't going to be fun and I don't want to do this, but God, whatever your will is for my life, I will do. And then, and then he gets up and he heads out and there's Judas. And Jesus is betrayed by Judas with a kiss. This man that he'd been pouring his life into for three years and for a pile of money, which the guy throws away anyway, he's betrayed. What if Jesus had said this? He plopped down on the floor and said, you know what? I'm not moving. I've been hurt. And God, I don't care what your plan is for me. I don't care what your plan is for this. I'm hurt. He hurt me. He just, he, he, my trust has been ruined, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to forgive. And I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to go any further because of my situation. Because that person hurt me. And you go, oh, that's silly, Aaron. Well, you know what? We do that sometimes spiritually. God has a path and a destiny. Something truly amazing for all of us. And what does the enemy do? We're betrayed, we're hurt, we have unforgiveness, and we plop down in the dirt and we say, I'm not moving until they say they're sorry, and even then I might not let it go. Folks, listen to me and hear me. God has great things for us. God has great things for you. And one of the things that can stop it in its tracks is unforgiveness in our hearts. It can just, just like hitting a brick wall. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't allow the hurt. What if, what if when his family looked at him and tried to basically take him away and he said, I can't believe they know who I am. What are they doing? And he just plopped out. I'm not going to teach anymore. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to mope for as long as I need to until they realize how awesome I am. We've got to keep moving forward. Listen, there is too much. God has too many amazing things in store for us to allow unforgiveness to keep us moving forward. We've got to be willing to cross that bridge. We've got to be willing to look at it. And then the final thing I want to look at, and I've called this the forgiveness exchange. Because what I want to do is I want to look at this together as we close, because I really believe that, that when we forgive or we refuse to forgive, things go in and out. There's an exchange that takes place in our hearts. 
And I want us to look at this together. We're going to be in Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. Now, uh, in Ephesians 4, 17 through 32, in my Bible, uh, and some of you have this, some of you may not, we, I have these subtitles that are basically above this section. And in my Bible, it says, living as children of light. Okay? So, so basically, Paul, as he's writing to the, the church here, he's wanting us to understand, listen, if you're going to be a child of light, if you're going to live this way, then there's going to be some things that are going to go in, and there's going to be some things that should be going out. There's this exchange that takes place. And so it's a little bit long, but I want you to hang with me as we look at this together and and go through this. And so this is what it says. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Now let's stop here and let's, basically what what Paul is saying here is, 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 listen, listen, he's he's speaking here to Christians that are in Ephesus. He's basically saying, listen, I want you to, don't live like you used to. Don't live like people that don't know Christ. Don't live like you're not a child of light because you are, okay? So he calls, if when we, before that, he's calling those people confused and us are too. And so now he moves on. He says, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds. Listen, this is important. I think you need to understand this. When we deal with unforgiveness, when we allow that to happen, our minds close, our hearts close, and we basically begin to live a little bit more in darkness than we do in light. Okay? They harden their hearts against him. Another thing they do. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Let's continue with verse number 20. It says, but this isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, nature and your way, former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Okay, so what we're seeing here is Paul is starting this understanding of this exchange. Okay, you're not a child of darkness, you're not confused, you're not living this way, or you shouldn't be doing these things. So we need to cast off, we need to remove them away from us and stop living in that way. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now, here's something we need to understand. It's not about just removing these things, but it's now about taking in what God has for us. This is the exchange. We're removing those thoughts that are lustful and prideful and impure, and instead we're putting on a mind like Jesus, and we're starting to change who we are. Stop. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't let sin, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. A foothold, okay? A foothold. Next, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Again, what is this? If you're going to live like a child of light, this is what a child of light does. This is what a child of light has. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And let's finish it up with verse number 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, 
as well as all types of evil behavior, okay? So again, we're finishing up with this exchange, okay? Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Now, here's what I want you to do. Linda did a great job getting these actually to fit on the notes. But if, if, if you could go ahead, and Monica, you could put that next slide up there, okay? And, and here's what I want you to do if you want to. You can if you want. But a lot of us have phones, okay? If you want, I would ask that you take a picture of this, okay? Now, I, I say that because most of us, you know, we don't keep, you know, some of us don't carry on Bibles, uh, paper Bibles. We have it on our phones and whatever else. Uh, and if you do keep paper in your Bible, keep a hold of this. Okay? Because I want you to have this. I want you to see the exchange that takes place when you forgive and when you don't forgive. Okay? I want you to take a picture of it so you can have it on your phone so that when you have that moment where you're hurting and you have that moment where you're in that decision, do I forgive or do I hold on? You can pull this up and look at it. And basically, here's the thing. It's very simple. On the left or on your right, my left, it says, well, no, we're both looking the right way, right? Yeah, on my right, your left. We have forgiveness on the left. We have unforgiveness on the right. When we forgive, when we forgive, re- revenge leaves and instead in its place mercy comes in. Okay? You cannot have, you can't live a life of revenge and mercy at the same time. One of them has to come and one of them has to go. Paul is helping us to see that if you're going to be a child of light, light and darkness cannot commingle. It doesn't work. And here, we're trying to help you to understand that this in your life, when it comes to forgiveness and unforgiveness, one's going to go and one's going to stay. They can't commingle together. Next, hate leaves, love comes in. Sin leaves, grace comes in. Pain leaves, healing comes in. Now, we, can, we don't have to go through all of these. You, they're there on your notes, and they're hopefully now on your camera. But here's the thing. If you go to unforgiveness, there's an exchange there, too. And the exchange of unforgiveness is what comes in is that desire for revenge. I want to get even. I want to get back. And mercy leaves. They can't commingle. Hate comes in and love has to leave. Sin comes in and grace has to leave. Pain comes in and healing has to leave. You see, these things affect us so much. Forgiveness and unforgiveness are one of these things that if we allow it to take hold in our lives, it can really take care of and just almost ruin everything. And I wanted you to see. I mean, looking, look at this chart. See, is there, you know, are you dealing with one of these things? Are you, I mean, I'm really dealing with rage. I mean, I'm really dealing with, with, with bitterness. I'm really dealing with, with the uh, pain and, and hurt. You know why? If it's under here and you're dealing with it, it's because you got unforgiveness in your life probably. You have something, and it may be something deep. It may be something really that you haven't let go of in a long time that God wants to bring healing in your life. Look at this. Forgiveness, pain leaves, and healing comes in. But if you hold on to it, if you refuse to let it go, if you allow that unforgiveness to fester in your heart, you're not going to have the healing that God wants you to have. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. We're going to close. And very quickly, what I'd like is, if you would, did you just close your eyes? I want us to really take a moment here. One of the prayers that I've been praying all week long is that we would have the ability and we would open our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to really look deep 
okay? Because sometimes what we can tend to do is, is especially as, as it gets time over it and, and, and things like that, is we tend to gloss over that there may be some unforgiveness in our heart. We may have this concept of, of well, that was a long time ago. And, and, and what we tend to do, unfortunately, is we, t- we tend to kind of get used to the, the hurt in our hearts to the point where we just don't deal with it. We kind of we live there. And, and listen, I really believe that God wants to do a deep healing work in your life and in my life. He wants to turn on the searchlight of his Holy Spirit. Look deep. And really begin to do some healing. He, he wants to do some of these things. Because in some of our lives, there's some stuff that needs to get out. And replaced with something that, that really is good. And it comes, listen, listen. One of the understandings of Christianity, one of the things that we have to grasp is the concept that I am a sinner. What does that mean? It means that I have done things that were contrary to what God has asked me to do. I've hurt him. I've betrayed him. I've done those things to him. And what did Jesus do? Father, forgive them. He extends forgiveness to us. It's why he brought it up in that prayer that every day, every day, because of how important this is, because of how, de- 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 how much of an issue it can cause in our lives, he said daily, daily, as you ask for your daily substance, as you ask for God to take care of those basic needs, right after that, you need to be praying that, God, I need your help to allow you to forgive me, to accept that forgiveness, and I need to be able to extend it. And listen, you have the choice to forgive or not forgive. But I wanted to put it up on the screen. I wanted, I wanted you to see what it's going to cost you. And I'm not even getting into the, the individuals and the relationships that have been broken and destroyed and, and the things that God wants to do in your life that aren't happening because of that unforgiveness. I'm just simply wanting you to see in your life how this is going to affect you. And folks, it's time to let it go. It's time to open those gates. Forgiveness is not saying that what they did is okay. Forgiveness is saying, I am not going to let you have power over me anymore. I'm not going to let you control my heart, my life, my destiny. I'm going to understand what this is. And this is an attack from the enemy to keep me from moving towards the destiny that God has for me. And God has great things in store. There's too much to do. There's too much to accomplish. And I'm not going to let this happen. I will open that drawbridge. I'll let it pass through so that I can continue on with God. But for some of us, it's time to let it go. You say, Aaron, how do I do that? How do I, how do I get to that place? Well, you open your heart and you let God begin to work on it. You say, Father, I, I can't do this. I need your help. I need your help. 
And you need to be specific. You know what hurts you. You know what took place. And sometimes it's important to say, God, when, when, when my dad did this and it hurt me, Father, with your help, I will forgive. When, when, my, when my son looked at me and said those words that cut me so deep, and I said, never again will I let... Jesus, with your help, I will forgive him. No matter what it is, folks, Jesus has forgiven us of so much. And I know it's hard, but it's time. So we're going to pray together, and I want you to pray. Okay? You know if you have unforgiveness in your heart. You know, you looked at that chart and you went, oh, and like a light bulb came on. That's why I'm dealing with bitterness. That's why I'm dealing with, with a lack of peace. That's why I'm dealing with, with, with this rage and this anger and this fighting. That, oh, it's like you went, oh, the Holy Spirit just went boing, and that's great. But now you know what you need to do, and God can help you do it. So I want you to pray with me. Father, right now, God, we come to you. And we know that we have got to get across this bridge. We know that to accomplish the great things you have in store, we cannot allow unforgiveness to keep us from moving to accomplish those things. We know that if we harbor it in our hearts, we tend to just stop moving. We tend to make our address there and live there. And instead of moving into what God has, instead of allowing God to do something great in us, we tend to just sit there. And because the enemy can't steal our calling. He can't steal um, those, 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 uh, the destiny that you have for us. He can't, but he can move our focus. He can get us our mind off of those things and onto the hurt and onto the stuff that keeps us from accomplishing those things. Jesus, thank you that you did not allow the hurt you experienced. You did not allow the disappointment that you experienced and the betrayal that you experienced keep you from accomplishing the great thing that God laid out for you. We can experience a life forever with you because you refuse to allow unforgiveness to boil in your heart and keep you from moving forward. And God, just like you had great things planned, For Jesus, you have great things for us that can be thwarted and can be halted if we allow that unforgiveness to come. And so Jesus, right now, I pray that we would let it go. We would open our hearts, we would open that drawbridge and we'd let it pass on through so that we can move forward with you. So that we can allow you to do in us what you desire to do. Because you have great things great things. We love you. We need